Hello, beautiful people. We are back for another episode of Just My Thoughts with Mel. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are listening. And today we are going to talk about good grief. And so with thinking about grief and thinking about the the different types of loss, right? So some of us are grieving the loss of a lifestyle, of our pay range, of a loved one, whether they are dead or alive, um, grieving our youthfulness, right? Because we see that we're getting older and our body is aching in places that we've never experienced before. We're grieving time because it's moving so quickly and we feel like we still have things to do and just trying to sort out how to get it done right while we still have the um the zeal to get through it and so uh we're gonna talk about that today and i just want to give the quick definition of what does grief even mean so i looked it up according to the miriam webster dictionary it is deep and poignant distress caused by or as if by bereavement or In other words, um, it's caused by being deprived of something or someone. And so those examples that we um, already went through as far as loss of pay, lifestyle, grieving someone that's dead or alive, because let's be realistic. Sometimes you have to draw that boundary line and say we can't have communication like we used to because it's not working. Um, Some people just butt heads that much and so yes you would need to grieve that you would need to grieve a friendship that once was but not any longer um and so we uh go through life so quickly right and so sometimes we don't realize uh you do go through a grieving process you need to mourn those things um and it's okay to do um as long as you're doing it in a good way so that's the topic of today is good grief Grief is said to have five stages, according to the Kubler-Ross psychologist from way, way, way back. And she basically put together the five stages saying that we go through denial, we go through anger, we go through bargaining, we go through depression and acceptance. Um, And so what does that look like? Those five stages all have their different meanings. Um, Denial, the most common first response, right, to any form of loss. Uh, Denial acts as a defense mechanism and is thought to buffer the initial shock of a traumatic experience. And then there's anger, often the result of extreme emotional discomfort Anger is also common because it tends to be more socially acceptable than than like fear or apprehension, right? Um, Then there's the bargaining. um, And in the bargaining stage, the individual uh, wrongly assumes that they could avoid grief um, through some type of negotiation. Um, And so we try to busy ourselves or I can't grieve because I have so much on my plate right now, or we busy ourselves with even uh, dealing with the funeral arrangements, right? And so we're checking on other people. We are trying to save face and 
That's just basically what it is. We don't take that moment to um, sit in that feeling. And then depression, eventually the individual begins to accept that the loss is real and it's happening. And that's when it gets heavy, right? Um, Or heavier, shall I say. Um, And then acceptance. Acceptance is in the final stage. And that's where the individual resists the urge to be in denial about their situation or um, they accept, they resist the urge to try to change or feel like they can change what that situation was. Um, And so I feel like, you know, all of us have dealt with some form of grief Um, Some of us more than others, depending on, you know, how the pandemic has affected you, things of that sort. Um, And so I feel like, you know, grief affects us in waves and it can come at any point, um, whether you smell a cologne they used to wear or um, if you are grieving um, a loss of um, even your youthfulness, you know, seeing gray hairs more and more and you looking in the mirror like, man, what is going on? So all of these things um, are right here in front of our faces. And when that moment comes, um, it's okay to embrace it and realize, you know, if it's a person, they're in a better place than they were before, right? Because some of some of our loved ones were battling some form of sickness, some form of ailment. And so we have to look at it in that respect, um, but also um, honor them s- since they've been gone. So do something that they would have done if they were still here, essentially. Um, and so then what is considered good grief? Um, well, we're going to talk about ways of dealing with grief in a healthy manner and then ways of dealing with grief in an unhealthy manner. But before I get into that, I want to introduce to you all someone who is near and dear to my heart, Miss Ebony Locke, who is in Chesapeake, Virginia. Ebony, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so Thank you for um, coming on. I just want to give you guys a quick uh, rundown of who Ebony is. And so um, for, I want to say a year, she'll probably correct me, but I think it was a year, um, maybe a year and a half um, back in 2019, um, Ebony was a nurse at a long-term care facility Um when my father was hospitalized after a surgery that kind of took a left turn, right? Um, And that's where we met her. And so my first time meeting her, I was telling her who I was coming to see. And she was like, oh, that is my dad. And so ever since then, we have been legit uh, sisters um, just because she was taking care of my father while he was there. Um, And so I wanted to bring her on and talk with us about um, working in a long-term facility and having to deal with seeing families dealing with grief and even even, um, when she's been working so closely with patients like my father and having to know that they passed and how do you work through that as a nurse and bounce back from that and so I'm gonna let her talk to you guys concerning um what that experience is like from the lens of a nurse 
Well, thank you for having me, and this is an amazing topic. Um, So, yeah, my name is Ebony. I have been a licensed practical nurse since 2012, and yeah, we met. Man, your dad was amazing. That is all I could ever say. (laughs) And um, we had, we definitely had a connection, and you get those connections with a lot of your patients and. The reality of it is that we as nurses, we grieve too. You know, we get it. Like, that was your dad. That was your dad. Like, I was like, yeah, my dad, but that was really your dad. Um, I only got to spend a a limited time with him versus you had your, you know, you had your whole life with him. Um, But during that minimal time, you build those relationships with those people and a lot of you know and thank god that you guys are a strong family and you guys are right there and you know your dad had great support but a lot of people don't so we as nurses we fill in as we are really their family so when things do end up happening we do grieve and as a nurse is like not trying to take away from the family it's like we grieve over and over and over because Mm. there's so many patients there's Mm. so many people Mm. and we go through those phases but then there's also good grieving because we knew we all have limited time here yeah and it's what you with the time here so it's always good to know you know even though our time was limited um it was still a process and it felt good to say hey i was actually helpful i did something for them that was life changing and i was able to support them on their good days or bad days and i'm glad that they didn't have to transition alone Mm. so it's an honor to fill in the gap but it's very very heavy to Mm. fill in the gap and then covid expedited Mm. that group like mentally for a lot of nurses including myself um I you know I thought I was fine you know because I'm like normal people I have my little tragic stories as well you know I'm an orphan I lost my parents a long time ago yeah but and I probably should have you know went and seen a therapist talked it out got counseling but it wasn't until COVID that I saw my first therapist and it was because of the grief and it was the good outweighing the bad but it was moving so fast mm-hmm. yeah yeah but it, it's definitely a blessing um i don't nurse as much anymore covid did take a, a mental toll on my health um and on my mental health really yeah but i'm still honored to be a nurse I'm still happy that I am in the position that if I wanted to go back full time, I could. And I'm happy that I did get a chance to step away from the bedside because the grieving, even though we have good and bad, it was just so rapid and all the time. And I felt as I was forever grieving, good or bad. And sometimes you just don't want to grieve anymore yeah i i my hat is off to you my hat is off to all nurses all doctors who just you come to work and you just don't know um and so you are always in a state of grieving and um building these connections for a short period of time um to you know uh extend this amount of care and this amount of love, right? Because what we do um, is an extension of who we are and that's showing love to your patients and to the family members that are coming in. And even with having to diffuse um, any conflict or try to ease 
the minds of the family members because I know you have your stories about um, people coming in and being uptight because, you know, they may realize um, something about their family member they don't like or they're asking questions and why hasn't it been done. But what we um, fail to realize is that the nurses have multiple patients and so it's not directly their fault and it's a high stress um high strung atmosphere because it's the the hope of them getting better that's in the balance and so um it's just tense and I think that's the part that we don't we don't consider um but I I think that it really does take special people who can say you know what this is too heavy and it's too fast and it's happening back to back to back for me so let me go the separate way but before you got to that point um what were ways that you could say would be um unhealthy ways of dealing with grief the unhealthy ways um by masking like what she just said about some of the different phases of grief Mm -hmm. I think because I dealt with it I wanted to keep myself busy so I would work and work and work and just be like well that's just what it is like I would make excuses instead of trying to deal with my emotions yeah yeah um so that was definitely unhealthy I would just keep going keep going I'd be like oh yeah I'm working 12 16 hour shifts back to back and then it was ultimately not being good nursing care because I'm exhausted right. and now I'm I'm working as a machine to just numb everything versus working out of compassion and, and wanting to be there yeah. so it's how you deal with it mentally so I want to say that was definitely one of my unhealthy ways Yeah, I just want to go down the list really quickly of other unhealthy ways that uh, we deal with grief. Um, Working too much, which we already um, mentioned. Um, A lot of us, when we're grieving, it's like uh, we have no desire to do anything that we were doing um, when it comes to physical activity. So if you were taking walks, if you were um, going to the gym, if you were a part of a, a workout class, Zumba, uh, whatever the case, um, you just don't have that that motivation, right, um, in that particular right. moment. Um, and you'll get back to it, but at that particular time, it's just not there. And so that's speaking from someone who has lost um, you know, a father and then lost a, a cousin who was a brother to me. And so it takes time to get back there. But, you know, we eventually bounce back. But coming from the lens of uh, a nurse, do you actually ever get back to what you used to love? Because it's happening so much. Um, and um, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, slowly get yeah. back. Um I found myself, you know, in that same rat race, but I think with just trying to, you know, deal with the good grief, I slowly but surely was able to return back. And a lot, one of the things that you said is like, we played the blame game or whatnot. So one of the things was like, I didn't want to go say to, I used to do a a fitness class. I didn't want to go because I didn't want to be around people 
I didn't want to, you know, it was, I was just shutting down. Yeah. And it's like, why me? You know, play that blame game. Why not me? Why was it them? Why not me? Or, oh my God. And you don't want to do anything, but eventually you do get back to your regular routine. One day, you know, it's like I did it slowly but surely. I woke up and I said, Ebony, go back to the fitness class just one time. Yeah. And the first time it was hard, but the second time it felt good. Like, okay, mm. now you're starting to come back into life. And then it was go on a walk like you used to or go out to eat with friends. Because, yeah. like, for me, I shut down. Like, I didn't want to talk to nobody. I didn't want nobody to talk to me. Don't come over. I'm not coming out. I don't have nothing for you. Like, I was empty. Yeah, that was a good point that you made because um, another way that is unhealthy is us um, kind of taking on this uh, this uh, this sense of death, right? And so we kind of die to what we enjoyed, what brought us joy, what brought us life, basically. And so we shut down everything. So if it was communicating with loved ones, if it was going out and being social, we shut all of that down. And so we force a, um, a, a moment of death or, you know, stagnation in life to where we don't want to be bothered. The other things that I had on the list were, um, you know, speaking negatively or just being really angry um, or just mad that it happened. Right. Um, and so it's very difficult for you to be um, excited about anything else after that. Or um, you would just it would be like matter of factly not really a, a happy response to things afterward because it is really just that heaviness that's weighing on you also the um the decline in cleanliness right and so some of us we're not showering we're not washing dishes the house needs to be vacuumed and you're like eh, i'll get to it yeah um so yeah, those are our, our examples of unhealthy. I'm quite sure there's more. Um, but in in the respect of dealing with grief in a healthy manner, uh, what would what were some pointers you could say outside of physical activity that were helpful? Talking to a therapist. Yeah. Speaking with somebody that was a, a neutral party to just help me get through some of those feelings yeah and thank you for saying neutral because you know sometimes we'll try to go talk to people we know and they're already biased because they know us but yeah go ahead right right and that's why I say a neutral person um that was definitely a good one um once I was able to talk to a neutral person and not that they you know they didn't they didn't always agree with me but they helped me break down those thoughts um journaling Mm. It's something that I'm very, very big on now. Okay. Like sometimes, you know, you you keep a lot of stuff bottled in. You know, you hear people say, I keep things bottled in and then I explode. Mm. Um, I didn't want to have that. So instead of me keeping things bottled in, I will write it out. Like today I'm feeling heavy. Today I'm feeling like this. And then I also do positive affirmations um, for me. I write them all with an expo marker on my bathroom mirror so that mm. every time I wash my hands from using the bathroom, I'm reading it. Yeah. Like, you are worthy, you are strong, you got another opportunity for today, make the best out of it. Mm. And it's not that I'm forgetting what I went through, 
I have to encourage myself. And like you said about being depressed and you don't feel like cleaning up and you don't feel like it, sometimes just reading it, like I've been in, you know, I've been in that, that mood and that way. And then all of a sudden I read something that I wrote on there, like, you rock, you are amazing. You can conquer the world. The next thing you know, I'm out here cleaning up because I got to go out here and conquer the world. Yeah. And I know that whoever, whoever I'm grieving is with me. Yeah. And it makes it better day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think too, um, when we talked about grieving our youthfulness or grieving, you know, our financial status, um, the ways of doing that, you know, we can go find a group that has other folks in our age range, right? And so finding um, a new hobby that has our age group involved and seeing if you actually enjoy that. Um, There's so many groups these days, obviously, and um, Facebook has a myriad of selections if you want to just browse through. Um, Scrapbooking, pottery, there's run clubs. You have so many options. And so... um, we, there's no need for us to to die, I guess, spiritually or emotionally, and you're still here breathing and able-bodied, and you're not attached to anything that's holding you back, right? And so you do have to fight out of that hole, but it is absolutely doable. Um, and I'm glad you mentioned therapy. It's interesting that um, a lot of people don't go to therapy until something is too weighty for them um it's too much um did you ever say to yourself like man I should have did this years ago absolutely yeah yeah so I did have uh talk it out so that's definitely with a therapist um so that they can guide the conversation and and lead you to a resolve um and uh just a sidebar were you nervous your first session for therapy um, no, I wasn't. And I think it's only because of the nursing background. Got it. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I've uh, seen therapy sessions. I had just, it just never was for me. So I knew exactly how it was going to go down. Understood. Okay. And then, um, I also had allow yourself to cry, um, and just sit in that moment. Right. Cause I think sometimes we try to like, uh, hold the tears back. Have you been there before? Um, yeah, I used to try to hold my tears back, hold out, hold in all your anger, but crying is good for the soul. Um, it washes me, it cleanses me. Um, there's happy tears, there's sad tears. Like, I think they're all important. Yeah, absolutely. Um, being aware of your food choices. Um, I will definitely be honest about this one. I... I am normally one who love fruit, vegetables, um, smoothies, uh, and I try to stay away from, um, it's easy for me to stay away from pork, but not bacon <laughs> for whatever reason, but we working on it. But yeah, um, when my cousin passed recently, um, I went on this like everything salty kick. Um, on a regular day, I would never look at hot Takis ever. 
But for whatever reason, in that juncture, um, the first couple of days of finding out that he passed, I was on hot takis. I was eating um, salt and vinegar chips. I was eating jalapeno chips. I was eating cucumbers with taino on top. It was ridiculous. And it wasn't until I was like, something's wrong because I don't even eat like this. And when I looked it up, um, it said that when you have an increase of salt in your diet is because you're bored or you are stressed and I was like well there that is so I literally had to tell myself like no we're not eating this we're gonna do something else um so you definitely have to remind yourself to make better choices um do something in honor of that person or um in honor of whatever that thing is that you lost that you're grieving and so um you know if if traveling will do it in some respect do that if hitting the gym again uh works do that um but we have to remember to keep living right so that particular thing that we're grieving may be declining it may be um someone has already moved on but we have to keep living did you want to say anything uh-uh, no, oh. I was agreeing with you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so with with knowing that we have to keep living and knowing that we have to keep going, at what point, what was the, the, the point where you said, okay, this isn't it anymore and I have to find something else to do? Um, I had a, I, I had a mental breakdown at work. Yeah. Um, I had to tell another loved one that their family member was gone, mm. and I I was done. Like it was it was I, that was number ninety seven in like six months. Oof. Um, but remember, this was at the height of COVID. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just was I, I I asked God. I was like, I I can't I can't do this anymore. Um, we got to find another way. Yeah. I knew that I still wanted to be a person that helped people. I knew that I still wanted to be a person that made an impact on people's lives. Mm-hmm. But I knew I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't be there. Yeah. Not the way. Not in the shape that I was then. And I just. Yeah. I. I broke down. Yeah. And I walked away. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. And so. You guys, you've heard her uh, story. This is a moment where she has to pivot. Um, and so what we're going to do is continue on this conversation in part two. Thank you for listening thus far about good grief with just my thoughts with Mel. And let's go on to part two. Stay tuned. <laughs>